Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, we saw on Wednesday the release of the November WASDE report from USDA, and we didn't get many changes in the report. We talk about the market trade reaction to that report and a few other items we're watching closely with Mike Zuzalo of Global Commodity Analytics. I talked to Mike on Wednesday afternoon's episode of Market Talk, and we went through the report and a few other issues he is watching. We're going to listen back to part of the program here right now on American Ag Today with Mike Zuzalo of Global Commodity Analytics first talking about his initial reaction to the WASDE report for November. If you put blinders on and put noise canceling earbuds in and just look at just the WASDE numbers, I think they did tell us, it did tell us a few things. U.S. supply demand and world supply demand of corn and wheat really didn't go up at all. And I think this is where the trade was expecting a potentially big increase in uh, yield potential for the corn market and maybe even a uh, big reduction in exports for both corn and wheat. USDA raised the yield in corn just a fraction of a bushel, and they actually kept exports unchanged through corn, beans, and wheat. So we are still very tight, below a 1.2 billion bushel carryover in corn. And it would have been lower than that had it not been for the dramatic increase when it comes to the Illinois yield in corn and the Minnesota yield in corn. And those are the two states that I was really wondering about along with Iowa. And that's because I heard a lot of producers tell me that their test weights in corn were upwards of 60 pounds, you know, just remarkable test weight levels, Jesse, given the drought. So <clears throat> when you go back to the report fundamentals and you look at what the trade was trading before the report, it seems to me that the trade by buying the soybeans so aggressively on the idea that exports were going to be unchanged, if not go up some, and the yield could actually drop back, which that did not happen. The exact opposite happened. Um, and they also sold corn before the report at, because of the things I just talked about. I feel like the trade after Wednesday's close is very much out of position, given that U.S. stocks to use ratios and world stocks to use ratios for soybeans went up about a half a percentage point while the corn remained unchanged in both. So that's one of the things I'm gonna be watching specifically the bean corn ratio. That's gonna be the big thing to watch for me because I quite frankly think we're back to a level now when it comes to the, the market in general and the trade psychology in general. We're back to where I think the soybeans are at a price level and enough longs are in it that it needs the wheat and the corn to help generate fresh gains and new highs. Mike, I was very surprised that there wasn't any change on the export side for corded soybeans. I know you mentioned that. I know that USDA made some changes to corn feed use and soybean crust to try and offset the increase in production. But I was uh, I was very much surprised on the export side in the WASDE report on Wednesday. I think a lot of people were, Jesse, and that goes together with the idea that the National Weather Service and a lot of the private weather forecasters are suggesting you're not going to get much improvement out of the river system and you have the potential for a railroad strike coming out next week. Um, I think the trade is trading the Ukrainian uh, situation very dramatically, very heavily in the wheat. And we can get into the weeds a little bit more on that if you want to. But just to fine tune your point, I think this is something that we're really going to have to watch in the coming months. And this goes back to 
if the beans can't get help from the wheat and the corn, I think we're back to sell rallies because the trade's probably going to look for some, uh, have to be looking for some disappointing demand numbers. And I would even include beans on that, even though China's come on lately with their uh, flash exports and the export sales and inspections have really started to go on and, and come on nicely. I, I would say to you, be careful because the Paranagua price for soybeans is right around 560 bucks a ton. We're sitting up around $625 a ton at the Gulf of Mexico. So if that dollar would start to gain against the Brazilian real and Argentina started talking about turning on their soybean dollar again in today's trade, um, you better watch out, I think, if you can't get wheat and corn underneath you. Mike, I want to uh, we'll, we'll talk a little more on wheat here in a minute. I want to stay on the corn soybean uh, topic, though, because you mentioned you're watching that relationship there. I'm going to pull up on the video feed uh, chart here, the soy, soy corn ratio. Talk to me a little bit more about this after the WASD and, and what you're really watching and honing in here on the charts. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at a sub 1.2 billion bushel corn crop, corn ending stocks and, you, and that, that puts your stocks to use ratios, at about 8.3%, but soybeans, you're actually looking at a 220 million bushel ending stocks number and, and a stocks to use of 5%, and then 102 million tons on world ending stocks, a big increase um, versus last month. I think you really gotta wonder how you're gonna get that bean corn ratio with November getting ready to go off the board. So we might have to look at the Jan March here in the not too distant future, but 2.2, that, that, that first red flat line used to be support until we got to the middle part of the third quarter of this year and then we lost it as support and and it favored the trade favored the corn much more dramatically so i'm sitting here thinking to myself i know the funds are net long a lot of corn but they've also put putting on a lot of beans as well and i gotta wonder how are they going to get up above 2.2 with Argentina's weather improving, with Brazil's weather improving, and if Argentina throws out the soy dollar. So what my point on this whole ratio is, is that we've already got a premium in the soybeans. The report didn't match up with that premium, in my opinion, Jesse. And now we've got to look forward to a major resistance level that's just above the market price right now. Another issue I want to discuss with you just real briefly as well, Mike, midterm elections. Uh, we've seen those come and go this week. I know there's still some questions out there. It seems like there always is with elections, uh, a few races that are yet to be called or decided. But any thoughts on the midterms and whether or not they've had a substantial impact on the markets? I would say maybe, if anything, on the stock market a little bit. I think they've had a very substantial uh, reaction and 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 price action in the dollar, especially Jesse. This is one of the major features to this trade right now. Is that with the weather being what it is, with the rivers, and with some of these geopolitical issues going on, and China remaining in a zero COVID lockdown scenario, we just got to get the dollar on our side, or we will, I think, after Thanksgiving lose demand, export demand that we won't ever get back. And I think that's the fear that I have. And I've always said this to clients and subscribers, if we can't get the river situation uh, locked down and get back to normal before Thanksgiving, and we still have a dollar that's sharply higher and we don't have investors coming in and buying commodities with inflation again, then I'm really going to get nervous. And I think this week was a great example of that. Again, that's Mike Zuzalo of Global Commodity Analytics from this past Wednesday's episode of Market Talk. You can learn more and listen to the full episode at markettalkag.com. This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.